Three hundred and one. See 
singing and the young people thank God for them tonight we're going to go back to the Lord in prayer before our brother comes we're going to ask the Lord to bless him bless him with freedom of speech and power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit but also we need to be a praying that our ears will be attuned and our hearts would be opened to the things that are spoken in this house tonight Brother Johnny, could you do that for us, please? Lost in the world, lost in the family, especially children. 
they say no way else to place a burden on their heart, they come and I'll accept you as Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the Sabbaths services throughout the week and speak the Lord to his friend him like they stand here that day and the true Bible will be so saved. And most of all we come thank you for your son, glad and died and know down third day since they live eternal life. I sacks and ask you forgive me when I stand against you. All that sacks and Jesus name. Amen. Brother Scott, you come and bring the Lord's plate on your heart. I do want to thank you for the opportunity to allow me to be with you all tonight and tomorrow night to bring you greetings from Livingstone Missionary Baptist Church this evening. Um, this message the Lord has laid upon my heart. I ask you, go ahead and turn with me to Luke chapter 24 this evening. Luke chapter 24. Um, I, I pray that through this, through this message tonight that the Lord would open our eyes up as His children and remind us of the very thing that has already been prayed about and the very thing that has already been made mention of Tonight, the very fact that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, did come and die on the cross and shed His precious blood for our sins. The very fact that He died on that cross and was buried in the tomb. But greatest of all, that He rose from the grave on the third day victorious over death and hell and our sins. And I want us to be reminded of that tonight. And I pray that as we look at this message that the Lord has for us, these three points, it's going to take me just a few minutes to get there by way of introduction, but I pray that through this the Lord would indeed cause our hearts to burn within us to serve the Lord. That He would cause our hearts to burn within us to meditate and study and apply His very Word to our lives and that He would cause us to have a a fire within our hearts that burn to tell others about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That really is what this lesson is about. In Luke chapter 24, we see here in verses 1 through 6, and I'm going to read a couple portions of of this scripture. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but bear with me. Uh, Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. Now just for a moment, I want to stop here. There's... Right now we're, we're looking at the, the account of the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ. But before this very point here, the very Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ Himself was indeed beaten and battered and, 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 and bruised and, and shed His blood and was nailed to the cross and died and was buried. And all those that followed Him saw all these things happening and 
heard of the uh, of the, the the rumors that they were being sought after as they were scattered abroad, and heard of the of the uh, many treacherous things that were happening and that were coming to pass. And indeed, no doubt, humanly speaking, they were fearful and worried about what was coming next. But I believe that in all that fear and worry, they lost sight of the one thing they should have kept their eyes on. They lost sight of Jesus Christ. Why are they going to the tomb to anoint His body anyway? Because He had already taught them, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to raise from the grave on the third day. He had already told them that. They already knew that of Him, but yet their minds and hearts were clouded. Their minds and hearts were dim to that very fact. And so they're going here, and, and as these men tell them of such things, it says there that they, and they remembered His words then. They remembered what He had said. They remembered what He had told them. In verse 10 it says, It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles. There in verse 11 it says, And their words seemed to them as idle tales they believed not. They went and told the apostles, Hey, Jesus' body's not there. It's gone. He's done what He said He was going to do. And even the apostles doubted. Even the apostles' minds were clouded with fear and, and worry about the things and tragic things that were going on that they had seen, that they too had lost sight of the very fact that Jesus told them, I'll rise again, and I'm doing it for you. All those things that he has taught him. Look, Peter himself doubted it. He there in verse twelve ran to the sepulchre and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid, laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself. That which was come to pass. He doubted. He ran to look. And then when he saw it, he went away wondering in his heart. His heart and mind was stirred somewhat and he was wondering about what things had come to pass. And then we really get here to the next portion. Verse 14, or verse 13, it says, And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs. And they talked together all of these things which had happened, all the things they'd seen come to pass, all the things that were going on around them. And it came to pass that while they uh, communed together and reasoned, that Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know Him. Verse 17, you see Jesus say to them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? What I find is, as I begin to read this again, and I've noticed it before, that, that, that these men, these ones that were walking here, they didn't recognize who Jesus was at this moment. I thought, how could they not recognize who their Lord and Savior was, this one that they had been with for so long? But then I realized, wait a minute, God's getting ready to show them something. God's getting ready to, to, to show them something anew, to show them something fresh, something they've already known, but He's going to open their eyes to something and teach them a lesson. Three lessons that I believe that we all here tonight need to learn, that we need to be reminded of, that we need to see. Of course, in verses 18 down through 23, they tell Him of what it is that they're talking about. They commune with Him. They're, they're talking with Him. They're, they're telling Him all these things that have, that have come to pass. They even... Uh, 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 they even refer to him as a stranger. You're a stranger, Jerusalem. Do you not know these things? Verse 24. Here it is. A certain of them were with us. They're speaking of the women that went to the sepulcher and found it, even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. And here's where Jesus begins to talk to them. He says, O oh, fools and slow of heart. 
to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? He's trying to jog their memories. Listen, ought not, you know why I came. You know why Jesus is speaking here because they haven't seen him. They haven't seen who he is. You know why Jesus came. He came to die to take away the sins of the world. He came to die for you. Ought he not have died? Did you not expect, not know these things were going to happen? Verse 27, And he beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounding unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I love that. He begins to teach them of himself again. He begins to refresh their memory. He started working now in their minds and hearts to open their eyes to what they needed to be seeing all along, what they needed to be reminded of and remembering all along. Verse 28 says, And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would go on further. They come to the village there, to Emmaus, this place that they're going to, and it's beginning to be night here. And they come to this place that they're getting ready to stop for a while, and Jesus acts like he's going to go on. And I want to read this next scripture to you. It says, But they constrained him saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. Now as you go and you study this, and you look at the history of this, and you begin to read commentaries and stuff, it's believed that the streets here were very treacherous at night, uh, that they were filled with robbers and murderers. But not only that, now because that the body of Jesus has not been found, there's a great uh, upside-down turning going on around them right now. And people are running around like chickens with their heads cut off, seeking after Christians to kill them, seeking after Jesus' followers to hush them up and to cause them to quit serving the Lord and to even kill them. And so all these things are going on around them. And there's like, they're fearful right here. They're fearful. They don't want to go on. And, and remember this, this scripture here uh, for what we're going to see here in just a moment. But they were fearful. They didn't want to go on. They didn't want him to go on, even though they hadn't realized who he was. It was like, no, no, just turn in and tarry with us tonight. We'll go in the morning. And so he does. Here's where the beautiful thing begins. He did. He went in to tarry with him. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. The very thing that he'd already done with the apostles, the very thing that he'd already taught about. This, to me, this is a beautiful scripture here. The very Lamb of God. The very bread of life. The very one that came and died on the cross and shed his precious blood was bruised and broken, battered, is now sitting at meat with them, breaking bread, Amen. giving thanks. Then this, verse 31, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished. Now I'm going to stop right there. I'm going to tarry right here just for a moment, if you would allow me to, because this is a picture of us in this world in which we live in. And the reason that I say that is because of this. We have allowed the fear of this world and the fear of the things that are going on in this world to cause us to turn our eyes away from the very one that we need to keep our eyes upon. We've caused it to, we've allowed it to cause our, our service unto the Lord and our love for the Lord to be hindered. 
We don't want to tell anybody about Jesus Christ anymore for fear of what they will do or for fear of what they will say. And so instead we're just hiding in our church buildings and in our houses and, and serving the Lord in and of ourselves but not going and doing anything with it beyond that. Oh, we can, listen, I thought about this on the way over. We can all gather in here tonight and fellowship and worship and talk about what Jesus has done for us in our lives, but when we go outside this building, it's a different story. It's like we've lost complete sight of the very fact that somebody mentioned, Brother, uh, uh, Brother Underwood mentioned in his prayer, God things. Listen folks, even though Jesus Christ was crucified and dead and buried and rose from the grave, even though all these things that were going on right here, this tragic event that had happened, all the fear and the things that were round about, this was His plan. And they lost sight of it. You see, they took their eyes off of Jesus Christ. Uh, Regardless of who sang it, I don't know how many of you have ever heard the song, Watch the Lamb. The father tells his little son, watch the lamb. That's what they needed to be doing. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be looking to the lamb. We need to be watching the lamb. We need to be looking to the lamb for all things that we have need of. Trusting in him and depending upon him to continue on in service. But sadly, so many times in the world today, we've become just like these. Doubt in our mind and heart. Matter of fact, I heard a child of God the other day say, where is God in all this? Tell you where he's at. He's above all of it and in control all of it, and right in the center of every bit of it. I heard a brother preach a message here not too long ago about the sovereignty of God, talking about the hurricane that hit Florida. That was God's hand. That didn't happen by chance. God knew exactly where that hurricane was going to hit. He already had it planned. It was for a purpose. We may not be able to see it, but God. The fact of the matter is, God's in control of all things. He was in control here, and they lost sight of that. And because they lost sight of it, they let this, these three most important things I do believe outside of, of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, these three things they let slip away. The three things that are of the utmost importance to us as children of God. Verse 31, their eyes were opened and they knew Him and He vanished out of their sight. Verse 32, here's my main verse. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? You see, let me tell you something that happened here. There was a fire that was rekindled in these individuals right here when their eyes were opened and they were reminded of who Jesus Christ was and what He had done. You see, they were reminded, this is Him. This is the one that came and died for our sins. This is the one that we just watched be beat to pieces beyond recognition. This is the one that we just watched have the crown of thorn placed upon His head. The straw plucked from off of His face. You see, they knew he was the lamb that came to take away the sins of the world, their sins, but they'd forgotten that. And their eyes were reminded to it. Folks, we reminded tonight that we need to be reminded of how he suffering that we should have taken. Then maybe again our eyes will be opened. And these fires will be rekindled. The very first point that I want to share with you this evening is they had the fire of meditation rekindled. 
You see, all the while that Jesus was with them, they were spending their time meditating upon the Word of God, meditating upon the things that, that Jesus taught them, His very words, applying them to their lives, living by them. What happened? Jesus already told them, I'll never leave you nor forsake you before He ever went to the cross. Why did they think that He was going to leave them nor forsake them? Because they let the world interfere with their service and love for the Lord. They let the world interfere with the meditation on the things that Jesus had already taught them. That's what happens to us. We let this world interfere with our meditation on the very Word of God, our study of the Word of God, our reading of the Word of God. Folks, it's sad, but a lot of people in this world today only ever open a Bible when they set foot inside the church building. And I'm satisfied that if I ask Brother Underwood, or if I ask Brother Lybrook, and ask myself, we too stand guilty of that sometimes. I'm a human being. I'm the flesh. I ain't got time to do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. I ain't got time to do it around now. I'll do it here in a little bit. We let other things take the place of our focus on the Word of God and the things of God. And I'm just going to be honest with you. When we do that, we can't serve the Lord like we ought to be. You see, they should have been keeping on, keeping on. They should have not been fearful of the things that were going on around them because they knew Jesus was in control. But they let the world take that all away from them. See, they had joy when Jesus was with them in the flesh. Should have continued to have it because he just died for their sins and rose again from the grave on the third day just like he told them that he would. But now that their eyes have been opened again, that fire of meditation has been rekindled in their heart and they're meditating and remembering on what he had taught them on the road there and when he was in the home with them because he expounded on the scriptures with them there as well. Folks, where is the meditation and love for the Word of God in the world today? I see more people trying to change it than I do trying to meditate on it. I see more people trying to explain it away than I do trying to meditate on it, study it, soak it up. Folks, I'll just be honest with you. When I study the Word of God, there's a fire that burns within me that I want more. Amen. I don't care if it's been two hours, three hours, or four hours. I have set, sometimes sat and studied five hours that my wife's called on the phone and said, are you coming home tonight? I'll be there in a minute. That minute turns into another hour. I can't help it. The Word of God is, it's the very Word of God. It's, it's, it's our guide in this life. It's how we're to live. It's the things that we are to do. It's how we're to serve the Lord. It's the very message of God to us as His people. When are we going to open our eyes to that and realize, hey, acronym, basic instructions before leaving earth. This is our instruction manual. Sadly, just like many people, and I know I've used this here before, we open up toys to put together for the kids and the first thing we throw away is the instruction manual. I can do this. That's funny, but sadly, that's how a lot of people have become in this world today. Even God's people, I got this, I can do this. No! live the way that we're supposed to live. We're supposed to love the Word of God. David said in Psalm chapter 1, what, uh, that, uh, the, the, the righteous man, his delight is in the law of the Lord and in the law day and night. Study it, read it, ponder it, apply it to his life. It's a delight and it should be for us. I, I'm with it the same way as I am with preaching. I've heard somebody say, well, I've got to go read my Bible. No, you get to go read your Bible. 
I heard men say, well, I got to go preach. No, you get to go preach tonight. It's no different. You get to read the Word of God. And we ought to love it and soak up as much of it as we possibly can. I pray that God does rekindle that fire of meditation in our hearts as God's people tonight, that we would indeed more turn to the Word of God rather than our... Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding and knowledge Him in all thy ways and He shall direct thy path. Right there. That's the direction given. If we'll trust in Him and acknowledge this and learn it and meditate upon it and soak it up, folks, our lives will be more for the Lord what they ought to be than what they are now. That's the first fire that I pray that He, that he lights in our hearts tonight. That word delight, by the way, there in Psalm chapter 1 means pleasure. Desire, but it also means purpose. I pray that this would be our purpose. I pray that God would cause us to see that this needs to be our purpose. I pray that God would cause us to have joy for His Word. Listen, I've heard a lot of people say, I don't want to go to listen to that old preacher because that old preacher ain't going to do nothing but condemn me for everything that I've done. Good. as, As hard as it may be, we ought to joy and rejoice in that. That the Lord through His Word will correct us and get us back where we need to be. But hey, listen, there's a lot of wonderful and beautiful things in here that we ought to have joy over too. The very Word of God itself. And so I do indeed pray tonight in myself and in you that the Lord would rekindle that fire of meditation upon His Word. That we would stop allowing this world and the fear of this world to cause us to neglect the Word of God and the things. Because listen... The things of God are in the Word of God. And the things of God like we've done for so long now. I actually heard somebody say that they were satisfied with their own little circle and their own little fellowship in the church. It didn't need to go no further. They were happy. That's sad. That's sad. You see, they were supposed to be going and doing right now the very business and work that the Lord had given them to do. It's no different with us as the Lord's people today. We need to be going and doing the business that the Lord's giving us to do, not just keeping it in here. And we need to meditate upon the word of the Lord ever so much more now. <laughs> especially in these last days that we're living in. We need to depend upon it and trust it, meditate upon it day and night. We need that fire rekindled within us like was with them there. Verse 31 again says, And their eyes were opened and they knew him. They knew who he was, but that word knew also means adored. You see, their eyes were opened up to who Jesus was again. Hey, it's him. It's the one who died for our sins and they begin to adore Him. They begin to worship Him. They begin to praise Him. They begin to fellowship with Him here. That's another fire that I believe needs to be lit again, rekindled again in the heart of God's people is the very adoration that we ought to have for the Lord. The very fact that we ought to adore Him with all that we are. There's not enough of that going on in the world today, sadly, among God's people. The word adoration means a deep love. Respect for God, worship of God, and fellowship with God. Folks, when we have a deep love for God and we worship Him and fellowship with Him like we ought to, our hearts will be so full of joy in our heart. But they lost sight of that. They lost sight of the very fact of who He was and who He is and what He did for them. 
The very fact that He's the King of kings, the very fact that He is Lord of lords, the very fact that He is God over all things, the very fact that Jesus Christ was indeed the shepherd that gave His life for the sheep. Might have been you. Yeah, I know it was. You, I, can't, I can't remember the exact message, but you preached the message at Livingstone, little flock. They're not little flock. And even though the rest of it is gone, little flock, we're his little flock. He died for us. Return unto me the joy of my salvation. There used to be a day that I adored and loved the Lord. I'm not saying that I don't. Please don't get me wrong. I'm going to make a point in this. But there used to be a day that I truly adored and loved the Lord with all I, with all I had and all that I was. There truly was a day that I stood in awe of God. I don't think we do it enough anymore. I think we lose sight of the very fact that he came and died for our sins. Listen, you know what he endured on your behalf. Everything that he endured, he endured for you. I could say he endured for us, but I want it to be more personal. He endured it for you. If you're here, child of God tonight. We need to be reminded of that. They needed to be reminded of that. They needed to be reminded this was the one that laid down his life and took it up again for them. You see, that's what happens a lot of time in this world. We get tied up in the things of this world. We get mixed up in the fears of this world. We get mixed up in the trouble and the turmoil of this world. And we let it hinder our love and adoration and worship and fellowship of the Lord. You don't have to turn there with me, but I'm going to read this to you. As I thought about this, I thought about what it says here. Psalm chapter 150, and most of you can probably quote it by heart. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And then it stops with praise ye the Lord. You see, that's what's happening here. Their minds have been opened again. Their eyes have been opened again. And, and, and the fear and, and the worry and everything's gone away. And now they see just Jesus. The very one who died for their sins. And now they begin to adore him and worship him again as, 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 uh, the woman was there in the house between Mary and Martha. One was in the kitchen and one was at the feet of Jesus. They're now at the feet of Jesus where they need to be. They're now adoring and worshiping and praising and fellowshipping with their Savior. Mark chapter 12 says this. Verse 30, actually 29 through 31, if you want to read it. Uh, and Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our, our God is one Lord. But then it says this, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, 
with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandments greater than these. None other commandment. It's a command. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. With everything that we are, love and adore and worship and magnify our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. See, that's what they should have been doing all along. But because of the cares of the world and the worries of their mind, they had forgotten this. But their eyes were opened. Our eyes need to be opened tonight to who he is again. <laughs> and we need to worship and praise him and adore him and magnify his name tonight. Let me, let me ask you something. Does a fire burn within you? We, to stand in awe of Jesus Christ himself, does that fire burn within you tonight? Do you stand in awe of Jesus Christ? When was the last time you looked at or thought about what it was that he endured and thought to yourself, he did that for me? And then not be able to help but to adore him and worship him and praise him. People spend more time worshiping and adoring and praising the things of this world and the people of this world rather than they do the God of this world. The God of heaven, our God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, he's worthy to be adored. He's worthy to be praised tonight. The question is, do we do it? Or have we let and allowed the things of this world and the Satan to take that away from us? And the third fire is this. The fire of proclamation. I do truly believe that that's gone. Or at least dwindling down to almost nothing. Let me explain to you what I mean. Go back with me to Luke chapter 24. You remember the scripture that I read earlier in verse 29. It says, But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with him. And I explained to you what uh, the study and, and, and commentaries and commentators have said about that, about how the streets were filled with chaos and turmoil at this time and how they were afraid of what was going on and they didn't want to go on because of the darkness. They were afraid of what was in the darkness and they asked Jesus to come in and stay with them. But when their eyes were opened and they were reminded of, of who Jesus Christ is and what he had done for them, all those worries went away. Look at this. And I had never noticed this before. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them saying, The Lord is risen indeed. And he hath appeared to Simon and he told him what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. You see in verse 29, they didn't want to go on. They were worried about going on. And when their eyes were opening, they were reminded of who Jesus Christ was and what he had done for them and the very fact that he was alive and in control. They couldn't wait till morning to go tell somebody about Jesus. And about the very fact that he had risen from the grave just like he said he would. About the very fact of who he was and what he had taught them and what he had done. For them. They just couldn't wait to get to the eleven and the others that were this with them. And we don't know how many they told along the way. They couldn't wait that same hour. They didn't get no rest. When they were reminded of who Jesus Christ was and what He had done for them, their hearts were so full of joy, their hearts were so full of happiness that they couldn't wait to get out the door to go tell somebody. Hmm. 
I fear that our joy of telling others about Jesus Christ today has dwindled almost away. I can remember when I was first saved, and I'm satisfied that each and every one of you can too. Man, I was so full of joy and excitement, I couldn't wait to go grab a hold of the first person it was. I didn't care if it was a rank stranger and tell them what Jesus Christ had done for me and the fact that he'd saved me, forgiven me of my sins and made me his own and given them. I couldn't wait. Even on earlier up into my early years of salvation, man, I couldn't wait to tell other people about who Jesus was. Talked about him all the time at work. Talked about him all the time at home. Talked about him even on the street corner. There's a, a pool hall that I used to love to go to when we were kids watch the old men play pool. I even talked about him in there shooting pool. But over the years, this old flesh got in the way and this world got in the way and that joy dwindled. Maybe it hasn't dwindled in you, and if it hasn't, then praise be to God tonight. Tell me your secret. But I don't believe that we have a joy of telling other people about Jesus Christ today like we used to. It's obvious that some men in the world don't have a joy of preaching the gospel and the word of God like they used to anymore. It's become a chore. It's become a chore. As a matter of fact, I heard a preacher not too long ago that I know, none of you know him, but he says, yeah, that's my job, I go preach the gospel. And he said it just like that. No, that's my joy. It ought to be. I think if we lose joy of preaching, we ought to sit down. I think about all the people in the, in the Bible and all the examples that were given in the Bible of how Jesus uh, healed all these people and forgave them of their sins and they couldn't, none of them, even the one that he told not to, couldn't none of them wait but to get up and run out and say, Look what Jesus... I'm healed. Look, my sins are forgiven. I'm made whole. Look what has just happened to me. When was the last time you had that kind of joy in your heart that you just wanted to run out of here and find somebody and say, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about who He is. I want to read to you something. Romans chapter 1. And I thought about this as I was looking at it. Yes, this is Paul speaking. But I just want you to hear the joy. I want you to hear the desire that's in Paul's heart here. He says in verse 15, So as much as is in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now before anybody goes and casts stones at me, I'm not telling y'all to run out here and start preaching. I know not, and some will cast stones at me. Now I know not all of us have been called to preach or pastor, but we've all been called to be witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've all been called to be witnesses of what our Lord and Savior has done for, for us. And Paul says, so as much as is in me, he is, I'm ready. The joy was so full in his heart and so overflowing in his heart because of what the Lord did for him. His eyes saved him, made him a child of God and he called him uh, into his service. He was so excited. He was so joyful over that very gospel that had saved his soul, the very Jesus Christ himself, that he just wanted somebody else about Jesus. I 
of God, listen to me. They look about Jesus Christ. But back over in Luke chapter 24, they'd lost that joy. They had allowed the world to take that joy away from them. Have we allowed the world to take our joy of telling others about Christ away today? I'm going to go to one last portion of Scripture and then I'm going to draw to a close. But in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus here in the Sermon on the Mount, after he finishes up, he says this in verse 13 through 16. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Folks, when Jesus Christ left this earth, He left us a job to do. Be the salt and light of the earth. To go and speak of Jesus Christ and tell of who He is. Be a witness of His mercy and love and grace. Those who He's called to preach, that's exactly what He's called us to do is preach the gospel. Preach the very word, the very truth of God. But if it's lost its savor, if it's lost its joy, what good is it? None. Not none whatsoever. If we've lost our savor, if we've lost that joy, if we've lost that desire, I say lost it, if we've allowed it to be taken away or allowed it to be covered up, it's good for nothing. The light of the world, that light of Jesus Christ is supposed to show through us to all the world. If we hide that under a bushel, what good is it? The little song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I won't let Satan blow it out. If we cover it up ourselves or we allow Satan to blow it out either way, what good is it? None. Folks, we're supposed to have the fire of proclamation boiling with up in us so much so that we can't help but be the salt and light of the Lord. Do you because you're a saved child of God? Because condemnation of sin that was the eternal fires of hell which are life that you're not worthy of joy in your heart because of that tonight then something's wrong but that's the just of it they had allowed their light to be covered and their joy to be stolen they had allowed their light to be hid But then when they were reminded of who Jesus is and what He did for them, they couldn't help but go tell. That's why I pray that's one fire that He definitely lights in us tonight. I pray that He'd light it so bright in each and every one of us tonight that as soon as the doors are open, we can't wait to go tell somebody. Even if it is a family member at home. 
so will we pray that the Lord would light the fire of meditation in us as God's people tonight, that we would meditate on His words, meditate on who He is and what He's done for us, meditate on the very Word of God and apply it to our lives that we would serve Him better in the days to come. Will you pray for God tonight to light that, that, that fire of, uh, of, of proclamation tonight that we might go out and tell someone about Jesus Christ, that we might not keep it in or hold it in, but that that joy would be filled up in us again, that we can't wait to go? Can we pray tonight that that fire of adoration be lit in us again tonight, that all we can do is stand in awe and worship and adore and praise our Lord and Savior who gave His very life for us and rose again from the, third day, uh, from the grave on the third day for us Amen. that we might have eternal life. Folks, we truly want to be revived. That's what God's going to have to do. I think we've allowed the world to steal all that from us for far too long and we need to pray tonight, God, light these fires. Um, revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Amen. I pray for it. Not just in you, but in myself. Man, I'm excited because I'm a child of God and I have an eternal home in heaven. And I'm not ashamed of it. And I want to tell everybody else about it. And I want to be the very servant that he's called me to be. And the only way I'm going to be able to do it if these fires are relit. And I pray that he does it tonight for us all. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight. Lord, we indeed thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to be here in your house. To be able to come and open your word. Hear your word tonight, Lord. Oh, God, that you would light these fires in us tonight. That you would indeed rekindle each soul with fire from above. That we might have a desire in us, as, as the word says, to meditate upon your word and your teachings. To meditate upon you. And how you would have for us to live our lives. That we would have a desire to apply your word to our lives. That we might be pleasing and acceptable unto you. I pray that you would light that fire of, uh, of adoration. That we would not be able to do anything but stand in awe of you tonight. And praise and worship you for who you are. For sending your son to die on the cross. Jesus for coming willingly laying his life down on our behalf, shedding his precious blood, sins might be washed away as far as the east is from the west, redeeming us unto himself, giving unto us eternal life. And Lord, that you might light a fire of joy within us again, that we can't help but go and tell somebody about you. That we can't help but go and tell of your love and mercy and grace. God, forgive us for who we fail in this. Forgive us for all the times that we failed miserably at being the servants you would have for us to be, at adoring you as we ought to, as telling others about you like we ought to. Help us to be better. Help us to do better. Revive us tonight indeed, O Lord, unto your word, unto your work, and unto the praise and worship of you, Lord of Lord and King of Kings, Savior, my Savior. Lord, I do pray that you be with each one of us as we depart from here tonight. Keep your protective hedge about us. Keep us safe. Be with the services throughout the rest of the week, Lord. Continue to bless. Lord, continue to be with each speaker as they come and deliver the word of God. Again, give them power to preach it and let our ears be attentive to it. And we ask all these things in your precious and holy name tonight. And amen.
You know, Brother Scott, last night we covered the second lesson out of nine lessons of the church covenant. And we came to the third paragraph for the last line. And that was that we are to be zealous in our efforts to advance the kingdom of God. And it's just like I said last night, you know, how are we going to advance the kingdom of God without going out and telling the gospel, number one? How are we going to go out and advance the kingdom of God without people out there looking at us and seeing the joy that ought to be on our hearts and our minds? This message tonight goes right along with the message of the last two Sunday nights here. And it is exactly so. I mean, we, uh, we have something to be... We have something to, to be joyful about. I mean, we're saved by the grace of God. We didn't deserve salvation, but He imparted that unto us. Should not we be rejoicing in our salvation? May God help us to do just that. Brother Jim, you come. We'll sing a song. I do pray that the Lord spoke to your heart tonight. And pray that our eyes and our ears would really see what needs to be seen. Does God see in us that joy that we ought to have because of what He done for us? May God help us to have those fires kindled under us. Okay, brother. Number 40. Number 40. <clears throat>